The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There is no way that you are going to ever derail the National Football Show with big sales. This bad puppy is rolling. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Welcome aboard. Please hit the like button. And you know what I love about today? It's football. It's here. We got Jaguars and Raiders tonight. We got conversation about your Eagles. There's so many storylines. It's funny. You know what? Get this, guys. You know, I talked 95% Philadelphia Eagles. But I got everybody in San Francisco right now pissed at me because I don't like Trey Lance. And I think that quarterback is going to be a bum. And they're all pissed at me. I know this. That means we're working. Remember something. Nobody gets pissed at people (laughs) who no one cares about or no one listens to. Fantastic stuff. And as I say to you, welcome aboard. Is N'Kobe Dean struggling in camp? I will talk about that. The Eagles are off on Friday after a pretty tough practice today. I was listening to Sports Take today, by the way. Guys are doing a great job. Barrett was out at practice, and I took away some of the things that he said, and I listened. And so I'm going to use Barrett, if that's okay, as my benchmark because, to me, Barrett Brooks knows football, too. And when he says something, I take it for what it is. I mean, he sees this guy struggling. He sees this guy doing well. I'm going to take his word because I know Barrett Brooks talks football. And I know when he knows, when he sees something that's working and when he sees something that's not working. I was listening to Jonathan Gannon on Angelo's show, WIP, this morning, and uh, I'm going to hit on that here in a second. Doug Peterson, first time he'll be on the sidelines will be tonight for the Jaguars. You think the Jags give him a chance to win? It's been a train wreck of a franchise pretty much the entire time that it's been in Jacksonville. Why the NFL put a team there? 
I still to this day will never know. And outside of a couple years under Tom Coughlin, that franchise has been a train wreck, especially last year when you had Urban Liar as the head coach. Who would have thought Nick Sirianni would have been a better head coach in his first opportunity at being a head coach than what Urban Liar was? So we'll hit on that here in a minute here. By the way, Bill Romanowski will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time today. Hey, I, I rarely do this, but just a programming note. The president of the Atlanta Falcons and chairman of the NFL Competition Committee, Rich McKay, will be on with us tomorrow to talk all the changes that you're going to see this coming season in the National Football. And by the way, he is one of the guys that people consider that could be the heir apparent to Roger Goodell as commissioner of the National Football League. I've known Rich for over 40 years. I know him, obviously, through his father as well. John McKay, the legendary USC and Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach. So we'll have the president of the Falcons on. That'll be tomorrow. Before we get into Jonathan Gannon, I heard Baird Brooks say something about the Kobe Dean struggling in camp. Hey, it's funny. When I tweeted that out at the Ancilio show, people went, oh, Ancilio thinks these kids suck. No, I don't. That's commonplace for a rookie. They're asking this rookie to come from a system that he played for four years at Georgia and now learn a brand new system and two different positions, inside backer and outside backer, and the addition of Kaiser White and the way that T.J. Edwards is playing. The linebacking core is going to be a pretty good group this year. So will he get frontline starting assignments each week? I don't know. He may not start at all this year. He may get limited playing time. That's okay. I know some of you were expecting him to step in and be the next Mike Singletary or Ray Lewis. You, what will make the Eagles even better is if that kid doesn't see the light of day on the field and everyone that's playing in front of him is playing lights out. Because you know what that means? That means your defense got better. Kaiser White and the addition. You know why no one talks about that kid? Because he's actually doing well. I heard Barrett say he's kind of struggling a little bit. And he's not getting the reps that some of the other linebackers are getting. That's common. Folks, when you get an NFL playbook put in your hands, okay? And you get an NFL playbook in your hands, it looks like you're trying to learn French. What do they mean by slant stunt? What do they mean by 46 banjo cover umbrella? What do they mean by shotgun slip coverage? What's that mean? You've got to do extra homework to learn different terminology that you knew under Kirby Smart when you were at Georgia. It's not so much just learning technique. It's learning the verbiage and how they go about talking about a three technique, a one technique, a one gap. Some some teams call them A-gaps. Some teams call them one-gaps. So when I say Kobe Dean is struggling, that doesn't necessarily mean he's struggling as a player. That means he's struggling a little bit to pick up the defensive assignments. Hey, let me ask you this about N'Kobe Dean. 
So last year, if the Philadelphia Eagles struggled then, understanding what Jonathan Gannon was trying to accomplish last year and Fletcher Cox calling the D coordinator out last year, what would make you think a first-year rookie who's only been an Eagle for about three months is going to think about the assignments that have been handed him? Do you not think also that he's going to question what is being asked? Use your common sense here, folks. When I post something on my Twitter page or I say something, use the context. He's a rookie. It's a new system. It's a new coordinator. You're in the NFL. The stakes are higher. The level is higher. Try to use some common sense. You're going from basically college to Google or Apple. When you're talking about job placement here, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different conversation. Assignments are different. They'd be asking him to play more like a Derek Brooks in a 46 look. How do you know they're not asking him to play a Tampa 2 style defense? Tampa 2, you got to be a good cover guy with backs and tight ends. He didn't do that at Georgia. Tampa two linebackers like Ryan Shazier used to do when he was in Pittsburgh before he got injured. And Derek Brooks, those guys are hard to find. And he's trying to find his place in the defense. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just telling you what it is. Okay? That's right, Dank. Micah Parsons, you know what? Let me, let me say this to you. Micah Parsons was something that the Cowboys, he fell into their lap. They wanted the defensive back that the Broncos drafted last year. They wanted that dude. They didn't want Michael Parsons. When that guy went to Denver, he fell in their lap. Making it sound like, oh, Michael Parsons, man. The Cowboys had this guy circled as their top guy. That's not the truth. They wanted a cover corner. They wanted a cover corner. Guys, what I'm telling you here is, When I post something on my Twitter page, because Twitter doesn't really give you emotions of what I'm saying. I'm not saying the kid sucks. I'm saying the kid is struggling a little bit on picking up an NFL defense on what's being asked of him. It's common. Especially when you've got a good group in front of you, which it looks like, according to Barrett Brooks, the Eagles, Linebackers look like they're going to be better than they were a year ago. Relax. Don't rush the kid into something that he's going to fail. Give him an opportunity to succeed here. That's what good freaking coaching is. You want to rush a kid into something and you give a kid and you put a kid into a position to fail? That's not what good coaching is. Good coaching is, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you mentally prepared? The NFL is a mental game. Okay? Eagle fan goes, I want to go after Will Anderson next year. You go after Will Anderson and you get that guy on your defense, that's a transcendent dude. Absolutely, Philly fan. Eagle fan, you get Will Anderson on that football team next year, I'll tell you something. You pray Jalen plays well. Okay? You pe- Let me say this to you. You pray Jalen Hurts plays well. 
because I would take both those first-round draft choices next year, and I'd go get that kid. That kid looks more to me like Lawrence Taylor than what the guy in Dallas does. Just telling you. 17 and a half sacks. I'll make the point to you. That kid that was drafted by the Jaguars and who you'll see tonight in the Hall of Fame game against the Raiders, Will Anderson would have been drafted ahead of him. He was the best defensive player in the country last year. I voted him All-American. I voted him the Buckus Award. Shit, I even gave him some of the Heisman talk. And this year, he's my Heisman candidate for my vote. Oh, and yeah, I vote for the Heisman. So, you pray Jalen plays well. I don't want Tyler Van Dyke next year. You know what I want? Will Anderson. You pray that kid plays well. You're hoping Jalen Hurts plays well. That means you can go out and get that guy. That guy's going to change someone's defense next year. I think Saban's got the best defensive football player he has ever coached in college. That says a lot. That says a lot. That guy will change someone's team next year. Change. I agree with you, Slasher. I think he's a top three. Well, guess what? When you want to pay for something that is expensive, you got to give it up. Everyone's always looking. You know, it's funny when I see people saying that, hey, let's trade Jalen Rager. You couldn't get a bag of Skittles for that guy right now. Stop putting Jalen Rager's name into a conversation on trades. Okay? Jalen Rager? You couldn't get a used muffler for that guy. Don't put his name in conversation. There's nobody that's interested in him. Zero. Even with the first round tag that he had a couple of years ago. Do you know what people look at Jalen Rager as right now? A colossal flop. You know why? They compare him to Justin Jefferson. Not only are you a first round bust, but you're being compared to Jefferson. The first wide receiver in the history of the league to have 3,000 yards in two years. Almost 200 catches. You'll see that guy, by the way, in week two at the link. Your home opener. Okay? Heavy at linebacker right now? See what bird's eye view says? Won't happen. Heavy at linebacker. I want to show you something, how people look at that and why people go like this. That's idiotic. Here's why. New York Giants years and years ago had Gary Reasons, Harry Carson, Brad Van Pelt. Three guys that were pro bowlers. And you know what Ray Perkins and Bill Parcells did? Parcells was actually the assistant coach and so was Belichick, actually. Perkins, who was my coach at the NFL level with the Buccaneers, you know what he decided to do? I can't pass on this kid. This kid from Carolina looks like the shit. I can't believe how great he is. I'm drafting him anyway. They drafted Lawrence Taylor anyway with all those pro bowlers. And by the end of the first practice, guess what? Lawrence Taylor was starting. Lawrence Taylor was the defensive rookie of the year and the defensive player of the year in his rookie season. You don't pass on people like that when you see something 
that's different. I don't care how many linebackers you have. I don't care who the hell you have on your team. When you see something that's different and that can make a change on your team and change the way you play defense, you get them. You just don't go, well, I got TJ Edwards. Okay. Then he goes to the Washington Commanders and destroys you every year, twice a year. Philly goes like this, how did you get a vote? They called me and asked me. I'm also on the Power 16 with picks the final four for the national championship. I also picked the Outland, Lombardi, Butkus, the Bolitnikoff. What else? Bednarik. There's not an award. The Maxwell Awards, which Jacob Media produces and puts the show on for. I'm on the board of voters. That's how I got it. Because they value my opinion. How else would I get it? (laughs) Jalen Rager's balling in practice. Wow. Practice. I wish I had Allen Iverson. (laughs) I wish wish I had Allen Iverson on. (laughs) I mean, really. Dude, Reggie White, man, one of my favorite people of all time. Him him and this guy here, Leroy Salmon. I've never in my entire life ever met two kinder men and two men that destroyed people. This guy's right here, the greatest 43 defensive end in the history of the league. Belichick and Mean Joe Green said it. When they were picking the top 100 players, Leroy Salmon's the greatest 43 end in history of the league. Reggie's the greatest D lineman in the history of the league. You could put Reggie at any position. You know, one thing we have in common, Reggie and I, we were both supplemental guys. I love that fact. Love it. Reggie White, though, man, you could put him anywhere. But that's your greatest 43 defensive end. Completely unblockable. Belichick and both mean Joe Green goes, I never saw him blocked. I never saw him blocked either. Played on the shitty Bucks too. Okay. Crumbly, thank you. Hey, did you like the video, man? Thank you very much. Actually, some people at Odyssey put that together for me. Thank you so much. Giants didn't trade up for Lawrence Taylor. I never said they traded up for him. They drafted him. God. Please, don't listen to 2%. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I never said they traded up for him. Oh, I get what you're saying, that you would have to trade up to get Will Anderson because... You're not going to be in a bad position because you're going to be a good – I got it, I got it, I got it. My bad. I got you what you're saying because you're going to have to trade up to get a guy like that. I'm telling you, Dan Parsons is not as good as people think. Dean will be rookie of the year. Dean may not get on the field until the midway point of the season, according to Barrett. Barrett was out of practice today, and I was listening to him. Okay? Okay. Show us the Sills highlight reel. Now you can go on nine. You can Google it. Doesn't take much. All right, let's get into Jonathan Gannon. Let's get into Jonathan Gannon here. Hey, and by the way, John McMullen said the same thing about Dean. And by the way, I guarantee you, right, Xander? 
both John McMullen and myself are not saying that he's playing bad. He's do- Here's what happens when you get into something that you're doing something that's different. You're asking a lot of questions. You're playing a step behind. That's what he's doing right now. It's normal. You play a step behind because you're not sure of what you're doing. You look slow. You're not. Your reaction time is not as fast. Because you know what the first thing you start doing when you're a guy like Nicobe Dean who's had all that success like he did at Georgia? Xander, everybody. You, you, you know the first thing you do? Man, how come I'm slower here? And all of a sudden you start losing a little confidence. Why am I looking slower? You're not. You're just not sure of what you're doing. You're not sure of the technique. You're not even sure you're lined up right. And you're asking questions to the guy right before the snap of the ball. All of a sudden, the snap comes. You're hooked. You're slipped. The guy's up on the next level, and you're blocked, and you look like shit in that rep. That's what's happening. Doesn't mean he's bad. I'm defending the Kobe Dean here, guys. I hope you don't think I'm talking shit on him because I'm not. I'm defending him. Don't go overboard with what people may be saying about him. Okay? That's all that's going on here. He'll catch up. Now, the coaches have to help him catch up. The coaches have to help him with confidence. That's why they're putting him in on the second team and he's getting second team reps. A little slower, not quite the talent, and they're bringing him along. This has got nothing to do with his ability. But you're going to start hearing people say, how come he's not starting? What happened? Maybe they're right. That's why he fell in the third. That's completely has nothing to do with the kid's future. It has nothing to do with the future of the kid. I can't believe it. Here I am. I'm defending. I'm defending someone for you. Dean has great instincts. See what Sub said? Dean has great instincts. But you know what? Right now, Sub, he can't use those instincts because he's not sure of his assignment. Every single rookie that comes into the National Football League goes through this same process. We're going to get Bill Romanowski on. Bill Romanowski won four Super Bowls. Okay? Four. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion. That's the reason I got Bill on today. He's in hour number three at 530. He'll tell you the same thing. You got to do a lot of homework. It's more about chalkboard stuff right now for Dean, understanding what's being asked to him. That's right. Manster, Dean is smart. He'll pick, he'll, Jesus Christ, people have to give this kid a chance. Okay? Just give him a chance. He'll get there. Okay? He'll get, he'll, he'll get there. I, I completely believe that by the end of the year, he'll be a factor on your defense. But it's not going to be at the beginning of the season. I'm not, I would never put Kobe Dean into an NFL football game right now until I'm confident he knows what he's doing. Okay? That'll come. 
And you wouldn't want to put the kid in a losing situation. Put him in winning situations. Okay? That's right, Flex. Flex, put him in situations to succeed. They started doing that with Michael Parsons last year. All of a sudden, they realized what they had. They went, holy shit, we got to start tailoring some of the defense around the kid. You know why You know why that Michael Parsons had so much success last year? Michael Parsons had so much success because after Dan Quinn realized what he had, he started tailoring some of the defense around him. And when you start tailoring some of the defense around him, that means you have less requirements on what you have to do and you get to freelance a little more. Bill, Bill Belichick says this all the time about Lawrence Taylor. He didn't know what the hell he was doing his rookie year, but we just lined him up and wound him up and let him go. Then we started putting guardrails in for him, and he was a savant in understanding defenses. Lawrence Taylor was so smart. Hey, with all of his issues, Taylor knew what the left cornerback was doing and what Carl Banks was doing or what Carson was doing. Or Leonard Marshall. He knew what everybody's position was and what their assignments were. He understood the defense better at times than what even Belichick did. I don't think it's horrible news. I think it's just normal. I think you guys are like over... Overhyping the kid. Look, did you get a steal in the third round? I think so. But I told you this. Pump the brakes on people. Pump the brakes. Relax. Wasn't smarty, was a druggie. I don't have any idea what that means. Okay? I don't have no idea. I never heard any of that stuff when he was at Georgia. I heard he was a quality guy, and I heard he was the leader of that Georgia Bulldog team. And when you play two games the way you played against Alabama and the way you led your football team to a national title, he's got my endorsement as a team leader, and he's a great fit on the Eagle football team. He just needs to be brought along a little more. It's okay. Man. Sales, you're right. It's freaking August 4th, and people just go crazy. Dean's a monster. I agree. He's going to de- – Jesse, he's going to develop into a beast. Yes. Hey, can I t- – oh, Lawrence Taylor was a druggie. Yes. Hey, you know what's funny? I'm going to tell you a story that Buddy Ryan told me years ago. It's about Mike Singletary. Okay? Your Buddy Ryan – told me this story. Hell, it may have been when he came down in that picture I posted on my Twitter page when he came down and met the Miami Hurricane team. And he took Jerome Brown and myself and Butch Davis and Dave Wanstead and Jimmy out to lunch. And we all went. We had a great time. And we are all talking about getting to the next level. He told us this story. True story. That's Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary's first year in the league out of Baylor. He's doing this. Man. Shit. I don't know if I could play. I just don't know if I could play, man. Buddy Ryan went to him and it goes like this. And he was on his ass. Hey, 50, you suck. Hey, 50, where are you? Hey, 50, what are you doing? He's in his ass. 
He, but he said he rode him more than anybody else on the planet. He rode Mike Singletary, buddy Ryan. Like you would think this guy hated him the most of any player buddy Ryan ever coached. Finally, buddy Ryan is sitting there and Mike Singletary comes over and goes, I can't play for you, man. I can't play for you. I can't play for you. He goes, why do you think I'm on your ass? And Mike goes like this. He goes, because I see greatness in you. And all of a sudden, the light went off. And Mike Singletary went, what? He goes, I see freaking greatness in you. And Mike Singletary was like, and he never, and right there he understood. Went into the film room, studied, because he didn't want to let Buddy down. Studied, studied, got better. Turned out to be one of the top three middle linebackers in the history of the sport. That's freaking coaching. Remember what I told you? My coach used to get on my shit all the time, and I didn't know why. Jimmy, God dang it, you're late. God dang it, get him on the ground. Get, and I'm like, why are you on my ass? And Jimmy looked at me and went, worry when I'm not. It's like getting punched in the head. The Kobe Dean's going to come along. Trust me when I tell you, there is a process in this. Right, it's about swagger and confidence, and you build that through coaching. Right now, he's going through that. It'll come. It'll come. Can you imagine your buddy, Ryan, and you're screaming at Mike Singletary, and Mike Singletary comes to you and says, I can't play for you. Ask Mike Singletary the story. I couldn't believe what I was listening to at lunch with Buddy. He goes, the kid was almost in tears, man. I can't play for you. I just can't. I can't play. Buddy Ryan goes, I see greatness in you. What are you talking about? And right there, Mike Singletary, a light bulb went off. It happens like that. It's like a light bulb going off. Oh, I get it now. That will happen for N'Kobe Dean. Trust me when I tell you. That kid's going to play in Philly for a decade. Let it happen. He doesn't have to be all pro this year. He's got to help you lead your team to a Super Bowl. That's what you want. Ryan's right. You don't have to be great right away. Playing in the NFL is a process. Dude, it's the hardest thing I ever did, and I failed at it. I admit it. Sorry. I failed at it. I'm sorry. I could pull my eyes out every day. I could pull my arm off every freaking, every day that I didn't do the things that I needed to do to stay. It wasn't about ability. It's about accountability. It's football season. Get ready. This is how we are here. I, I take swings and sometimes I don't. And right now I'm just talking to you. Jeremiah goes, Sills, you had the tools to be great. 
Jeremiah, you know what? That's so insulting, but true. I can't tell you how many times I do this, Jeremiah, and I do this. Look, this is what you don't want to be if you're Nicobe Dean. Can I show you? You don't want to do this. Look up when you're 50 years old and you look up in your mirror and you go, God damn. God damn it. God damn it. Damn. That's what you don't want to do. That comes with coaching though. I'm pulling for the kid. Of all the guys on the Eagle team, the Kobe Dean is my favorite. I want him to be successful. I heard Gary Cobb say he was doing some great things out there today. That's great to hear. But when you hear him like running on the second team and he's asking, ask a lot of questions. Ask. You know the biggest mistake I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you what my wife who's a coach rugby. You know what's funny? This is common behavior for an athlete. My wife's a rugby coach and she'll go like this. You guys understand what a ruck is and what this is? And everyone will go nobody will put your hand up if anybody doesn't understand. Nobody puts their hand up. I turn to my wife and I go, I guarantee you 90% of that huddle that you were talking to doesn't. Go back the next day and ask them what you said yesterday. She goes, sure enough, they didn't know. She goes, yeah, because you know why? Pride Pride is one of the most devastating thing that you can have in a sport where you've got to be physical and nobody wants to show weakness. Help them. Coach them. All of them don't know what's going on, especially the young guys, especially Jordan Davis, all these guys. Okay. Your guy's okay. I promise you. He's okay. Okay. He's okay. He's going to be a guy that's going to succeed. I'm very happy that I could start my show out talking about a guy who's going to be a great player for you. And some people are now looking at it like, man, he's not as fast. It's not true. His confidence is a little shaken. It's okay. This comes down to Jonathan Gannon and the coaching. I'm going to hit on that. Guys, do me a favor. Check out my good friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. Means this. If you're hurt or injured on the job, finding an attorney is one of the most important things that you could possibly do for you and your family. For the people is, it's not a slogan. It is absolutely who they are. It's what they do. They've been doing it for 30 years, collecting over $13.5 billion for their clients. That's impact on families. There's no such thing, too, as a fender bender, and they will not be intimidated with their over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida. Morgan & Morgan is the biggest firm in the country and ready to do battle for you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Look, open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. Also, remember this. The consultation is free and the call is free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. 
Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, your boy Big Skills. Um, I'm working on Michael Irvin right now. He's at the Hall of Fame right now, and there's a big week, and they've got a lot of um, activities going on, and I'm trying to get Michael Irvin on either today or tomorrow, but we're going to get Mike on. I'm laying in bed last night. He texts me at midnight, hey, I just landed in Cleveland. And I'm like, okay, listen, I only need about 12, 15 minutes of your time. Let's go. 
So I'm working on Michael Irvin. I want to get his thoughts on what he thinks of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Obviously, you know, he's a cowboy guy and you guys know that, but he works for the NFL Network. He's my friend. And I'm going to try to get Michael Irvin on. I don't give a crap if you guys don't like him. I'm going to try to get Michael Irvin on the program uh, either today or tomorrow. Like I said, too, Bill Romanowski, third hour, 530 Eastern. I'm going to explain to you with a man who won four Super Bowls, where N'Kobe Dean is right now in the process of learning how to play linebacker in the NFL. Tomorrow, we're going to have the president of the Atlanta Falcons on with us. That's going to be Rich McKay. So he's also the chairman of the competition committee. There's new rules in the game this year. Subtle little nuances that you'll see. And he heads up that committee. It's one of the most powerful committees, by the way, in the NFL. So we will have him on. That'll be tomorrow. So next two days are packed here. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Please hit the like button. I can't wait to see that Hall of Fame game tonight. I love that place. Oh, my God. I, 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 I posted a video of a... I've got a lifetime pass that the NFL gave me to go to the Hall of Fame. I posted it. It's a little video. And um, they follow me on Twitter, too, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm very thankful. Obviously, I got a member in there, a Hall of Fame member, or family member, I should say. And um, my relationship with the Hall of Fame is great. I love the Hall of Fame folks. David Baker, who used to run it, spectacular guy. Just really, I can't wait to see Doug Peterson tonight. I can't wait to see actually Josh McDaniel on the other side coaching the Raiders. So we will we will get to that a little bit more about tonight's game and Doug Peterson patrolling the sidelines for the Jaguars. I heard something with Jonathan Gannon. And it was a video, I believe he was on with Angelo. And he was trying to justify not tackling or hitting in practice. Look, I get it's the new NFL. I'm sorry if I sound old. And I get it. You want to be healthy. And the league looks more at being healthy than it does because you know what they're looking at? And I tried to justify how they go about practice. By the way, the Eagles are off tomorrow. They were in helmets and shorts today, and they were off tomorrow. Okay. So in the last three days, they had two days off. I, don't, I, I just don't know how you prepare for a physical football game and a physical game like the NFL when you're not being physical. I don't understand it. It just – it's something – and again, maybe it's because I've just been beat on all those years that I saw what hard work meant when it came to preparing for an upcoming season. I just don't. Now, look, it's not isolated to the Philadelphia Eagles, but hearing a coach like Jonathan Gannon try to tell me, no, we're really practicing tackling and drills by hitting dummies. I, I don't subscribe to that. I think live contact and live scrimmaging is the only way you prepare for the lack of injuries. Your body's got to get in the shape of going through the rigors of playing in the NFL. I don't know how you think that that's 
Boy, I'll tell you what. Can I say this to you guys? I don't know. Maybe you guys will disagree with me here. I think the Eagles got lucky last year. I think Jonathan Gannon – you know what? I'll tell you this about Jonathan Gannon, watching that video and watching that interview that he did with Angelo over, over on WIP. He looks the role. Good-looking kid, young guy, innovative, according to some. I don't think he's a good coach. I haven't seen it yet. This year, he may have the best defense in the NFL. But like I told you guys yesterday, until that guy shows me and proves it to me, I'm going by what I saw last year. Some of you are going to go, well, he had lesser talent. Well, then you had to have better coaching. Then you had to be a better coach. Lesser talent, better coaching. That's when you know what you have with a coach. When a coach can get you across the finish line with lesser talent. How many times do we see that? How many years did everyone go like this? And and by the way, I think Tony Dungy's an overrated coach. How do you not beat New England Patriots with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, Marshall Falk, Edger and James, and Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday, the same old line, Tom Moore, the offensive coordinator, was there for 10 years. How don't you win more than one Super Bowl? And Brady's constantly beating you with Deion Branch, Julian Edelman, Amendola. I mean, Wes Welker. How's that possible? Well, the guy in New England's a better coach. Coaching in the NFL matters. Coaching in the college ranks, if you're a great recruiter and you got a decent system, you can run people over. See, everybody's great in the NFL. The average point differential in the NFL is three points. What separates that? Special teams, great coaching, war of attrition, having a deep roster. That's why I'm telling you guys this. Follow me here. That's why I'm telling you, you can win with Jalen Hurts. Because you have a deep roster. I like the Eagles because you have what most teams don't have. Can I tell why do you think I like the Eagles this year to win a load, lot of games and potentially get to the NFC Championship game? You think it's because you're quarterback? That's the least of the things that I think that gets you to the promised land. It's because you got a football team that's got a lot of good players all over the joint. Not exceptional but it's a damn good roster. Like when I look at the roster of the Eagles, I go like this. Who is a top three guy? Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Malata has a great chance. And it all starts in your lines. I've been telling you guys this for the last, what, two, three weeks? Shit, you got guys on your second team O-line that could start anywhere in the NFL. Do, Do you know how many teams don't have Three guys, let alone seven guys. Hey, by the way, that Isaac Sayamalo, dude, he's dominating at right guard. That kid's won that job. He's won that job, dude. They're going to, hey, that football team's the biggest team I've ever seen. They're deep. They're a deep team. Quarterback, 
Like when I was talking about Jalen yesterday about elite and what he considers elite. Consistency is elite. You know how hard it is to be consistent each day in your life? Figure your own lives out. How hard is it to get up every day and try to be better every single day of your life and try to keep it going every day? You're not looking to be exceptional every day. You're looking to do great things every single day. Things that keep you in your rails. Things you know you can get accomplished. Things you know that make you better. You're constantly working on those things. You get up, you go to work. Hey, getting up and going to work for all of us, that's consistency. More people in life don't look at that as an asset that every man or woman have that gets up off their ass every day and goes to work. That's consistency. It's a blue-collar mentality. It's a workman's mentality. That's what the Eagles have. That wins a lot of games. New England's built that way. John Mitchell, Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls being that. Brady practices consistency. That's what he practices. Brady's not the best. Watch this. Brady's not the best deep deep ball thrower in history by far. But he's the greatest student, teammate, in NFL history. Have you ever heard anybody outside of that weirdo, A.B., talk shit on him? No. You know why? Brady makes it a point, and I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys a comment that Joe Madden told me years ago when he was managing the Tampa Bay Rays. And I love this line. I said, Joe, how do you get guys like Cliff Floyd and, you know, all these players to go out there and play hard for you? Even Jose Canseco and guys like, how, how do you get these guys to, To play hard and believe in something, he goes, I'll tell you how. Simple. I have a personal relationship with each and every single individual in my dugout, all 25, 24 guys. So when I go to them and I have to be constructive, it doesn't come off as destructive. If I know what their weaknesses and their strengths are, and if I know what buttons to push on particular people, I'm going to get more out of that respected person. And I looked at him and I go, so Joe Madden takes the extra step. Instead of just screaming at you, tie your shoes, which is destructive. This is why guys like that connected. This is why guys like that win. It's because they have a personal relationship with each and every single individual in the locker room. That's how you motivate men. That's how you connect with men. Brady takes less money, Big Pick, and says, yeah, because you know what he does? He does the one thing that most players in professional sports do today that they don't like to do. He invests in himself. He'll take less money. Okay? Brady has taken less. He's never been the highest paid player. Can you imagine this? The greatest player in the history of the NFL has never been the highest paid player in the league. Never. Why? He knew he needed an O-line. Got to take a haircut. He knew he needed guys on defense to stop him in case they had three and outs. Brady knew that. Brady's investment in taking less money has resulted in Brady having the greatest life in NFL history. 
Guy's worth $700 million. He's got a brand that's going to be even bigger. And he's got a $350 million deal waiting for him at Fox to be a broadcaster. All the riches at the finish line instead of the start gate. It's why Brady is who Tom Brady is. That's why he's successful. Okay? Jonathan Gannon, in my opinion, justifying why they're not physical in practice. Dude, shut up. You don't have to say that to anybody. You don't owe an explanation to the media why your practices are not physical. I don't owe anything to you. I don't need to be transparent. We're not trying to recreate the laws of NATO here. You're a guy who works for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I owe you nothing. You work at IP or the Fanatic. I owe you nothing. I don't have to be transparent. We're not talking about abortion laws or voter rights. Talking about football. And if I think my process works, you can like it or leave it. I don't personally care. It's on to the Jets. Well, what do you think of the criticism that people say that you're not practicing hard? I don't care. I don't care what you think. I'm paid to be the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. This is my way and our players' way. They have a say in this too. You don't. Your voice means nothing. But you see what happens is because the media, what they'll do is they'll start painting some of these guys into being bad guys when you start talking like that. That's why you don't have guys like me coaching because I would look at the guys in the media and Philly and go like this. I don't owe you anything. I owe my men in that room everything. I owe you nothing. Okay? Just because you have a pencil and a pad doesn't mean you know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm not suggesting that you have to have played pro or NFL football. You have at least had to own a jockstrap. I mean, honestly, like I said, you, you, you don't have to have played at the highest level. At least, I hope you've competed. Okay? I would kill to see you, Coach. Dude, I, I, I hate the process that we see right now with what's going on with the NFL and how the collective bargaining agreement has worked. I do. And it, again, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a Eagle thing. This is more of a, this is more of a, of an issue on having your roster be as healthy as you. That's what the Eagle philosophy is. It's not about pride. And by the way, when I say practicing hard, I'm not suggesting that they're going out there and loafing through drills and doing anything. I'm not saying that at all. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not throwing it on any shade on the players at all. If, if you have helmets and shorts and you're running to drills and you're doing all the right things and you guys are fundamentally sound in your techniques and everything that you're trying to accomplish, 
That's not on the player. It's a league thing, and I kind of get it because the Players Association. What I don't get is how do you get two concussions if you're not hitting? How, how are you getting concussions? I, I just – I don't see it. Bob says the team, the league could use a little old school. I think those days are done, dude. I, you know what, man? I, I, I hate to say this to you guys, but I think it, I'm really sounding old. I'm sorry. Maybe the last couple of days I've been sounding too old. I just, I just think you got to work hard for – like when you're digging for gold, man, you're just not going to find it on the beach or you're not going to find it sitting there. You got to dig for it. You got to dig for gold. You got to dig for your riches. You got to dig for things in life you want. People are going to put so many roadblocks and so many speed bumps in front of you. Okay? You can't let that get in the way of your life and what you want to accomplish. Because just at that moment when you quit could have been the moment that you were crossing the finish line because you never know when you're going to get to that moment. And all of a sudden when you're there, like Nicobe Dean, a light bulb goes off. Damn, there it is. There it is. That's success. That's success. Man, you want the money? Work your ass off for it. That's why when people look at Kyler Murray moaning and bitching and crying and making business decisions, where you see James Harden, the way he ate himself out of Houston and cried himself out of Brooklyn, all of a sudden when he does a solid for the fly for the Sixers and you see him doing a solid and you go like this, that's a pretty cool move. Cause you know what he's doing? He's investing in himself. I guarantee you the best James Harden is going to be the best James Harden we've seen in three years this coming season. Cause he took less money. Cause he wants to have another opportunity to make another giant deal. The only way you can do that is change people's impressions of you and opinions of you. That's the only way you can have people Buy into you again. That's the one thing Antonio Brown doesn't get. Antonio Brown thinks he's Antonio Brown from the Steelers still. That guy's gone. People see him, Antonio Brown from the Raiders, and from what happened in Tampa. You're only who you were and where your feet are. Fastest guy, the way he got all those catches, yards, in Pittsburgh, the guy's gone. I don't see that guy anymore. They see the train wreck. Okay? They see the train wreck. I'll tell you, man, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm really enjoying here about this, this Eagle team. They're rallying around one another. They're going to go into the September opening game against the Lions, and you know what they're going to have? No drama around them. There's no drama. It's all about paying rent. Tampa Bay's got drama now with Brady and Stephen Ross. Look at the Dolphins. Look at the drama there. Look at the drama in San Francisco. Get this. No drama in Buffalo. No drama with the Rams. You see that, what I'm saying? Rams, Buffalo, keep an eye on that. The least amount of noise. It's going to make for the best success in the end. A lot of teams with a lot of noise right now. A lot of teams with a lot of noise.
Least amount of noise. I don't want to hear shit going into that Lions game. I don't want to hear any drama. Drama will be built around the season through performances. That's tough enough to deal with. I don't want to hear any of that. The guys you have in your building right now at the Novacare Center, you're building a bond. Starts tonight too, man. No noise is always good. Thank you very much, Joe. Okay? Look at the ownership in Washington. I'd just like to be Ron Rivera and coach that shit. With an owner you can't look in the eye if you're walking down the hallway, supposedly. How'd you like that crap? That front office, the way they do business and how they handle themselves as human beings. You know, you don't have to be the greatest player. Or excuse me, I'll take that back. You don't have to be the greatest person on the planet, but you got to be a good dude. You know what I mean? You got to be a solid guy. I mean, you can have quirks and you can have things that upset you. You could be a little weird. It's all good. But what you can't be is a bad dude. Nobody likes bad dudes. So when you're talking and you're at your barbershop and you're having conversation about Nicobe Dean, give the kid a chance and give him some, give him some space. He'll get there. I promise you. You know why? He wants to get there. He wants to. I want to talk about Doug Peterson and Nick Sirianni. We come back out of the timeout here. So much to hit on. I want to hit also on that Jaguar team, also a little bit on the Raiders. A little bit more on the offense of the Eagles. God, there's so much stuff going on right now. We so appreciate everybody stepping in. Please hit the like button now or two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Okay, but is the rip- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. to national football show appreciate you guys coming aboard please hit the like button thank you guys so much for stepping in with us um we're gonna look at something here i've ranked the top 10 best games on the eagle schedule i'm gonna take a look at that here in a second i want to get your opinion on it here too you know this weekend dick Vermeil goes into the pro football hall of fame i know dick Vermeil dick Vermeil very well and he was a broadcaster for a while before he got back into the game. And I met him actually when he was broadcasting some of the um, XF, not the XFL, the uh, World League games that I was playing in. And I got a chance to meet him all the time and talk with him. And man, boy, I'll tell you something. Man, would I love to have played for that guy. And I can't wait for him. He's the last speaker this weekend to go into the pro football hall of fame. And I can't wait. Now, I don't know how much we're going to get out of it because he's probably going to be balling the entire time. But I, and, and by the way, and when I say that it's all with respect because Dick Vermeil is so passionate about his guys, his game, who he is, the love of his coaches. He loves his community in Philadelphia even though he won the Super Bowl in St. Louis. Great success in Kansas City. Dick Vermeil is a special human being. Okay? He's a, he's a special guy, man. Just special. Let me ask you a question here. Who represents Philly more? Doug Peterson, Dick Vermeil, Andy Reid. Those are your three greatest coaches. Who's the greatest coach in Eagle history? Vermeil? Reed? Or Doug Peterson? Who would you take? Danny D says Vermeil. I'm talking head coaches there, Mike. Reed. Booze, Dick Vermeil. 
Daz with Reed. To me, Andy Reed, man, I, just, I'm, I, I, I just, you know, Doug did win the Super Bowl. Doug gave you your greatest moment in football history. Uh, I'll take that back. Doug Peterson gave the Philadelphia community the greatest football moment since 1960. Let's define both these men. Doug Peterson. Is that not the greatest football moment? Since 1960. Standing there in that parade. In the cold. Watching those men lift that Lombardi trophy on Broad Street. Is the greatest single moment maybe in Philadelphia sports since 1960. When those men standing there in front of their community who has supported that team since Franklin Field. It's pretty iconic. It's pretty iconic. Then you got Vermeil. Nobody, and I mean nobody, Went to Eagle games. Nobody. The team was a train wreck. Even the owner toes who hired him when they got out to that preseason start where they were getting killed. I can't believe they played six preseason games back then. Vermeil made Eagle football a community affair at Veteran Stadium. My opinion, Veteran Stadium and the home field advantage that you guys had at the vet was built because of Dick Vermeil. Am I wrong? Buddy enhanced it. That 80 Super Bowl? Ups- My opinion, they were upset by the wild card Raiders in that game. Okay. I mean, Vermeil made that environment. I'm Eagle fans did too. I'm not I'm not dismissing you guys at all, but he wanted you part of that. Dick Vermeil embraced Philly. That's why when he talks about you guys this weekend, dude, he's gonna come from the heart here talking about Philly. I can't wait to hear that. Man, when he talks about you guys, the fans, it'll be the single greatest moment that a coach has ever given a fan base will be Dick Vermeil this weekend. I hope you're prepared for it. I hope you're ready for it. That his emotion this weekend, no coach that's ever coached your colors will ever put on his sleeve more emotion than what Dick Vermeil will put on this weekend. When you can bring a man to tears because of joy and not sorrow and a guy like that, that's a special thing, man. That man and that coach love you guys. He looks at you guys on motivation of what you guys brought to that organization. That guy is going to give you as much credit 
for the success that he had in Philly than any other, well, as much as his assistant coaches and his players. Hmm. Look at Timothy. Ramil cries when it comes to anything Philly. Man. That's real. That's real to me. That's a coach you want to play for. That's a coach you love. That's a coach, you know? Andy Reid? I think Andy Reid embraced you guys. I don't think as much as Dick did. Okay? And I don't know if he did as much as Doug Peterson did. I don't. Andy was a football coach, play caller. He's a traditional play calling head coach. I'm not saying he didn't love Philly. I'm not, not, not even, but don't you get a sense that Vermeil and Peterson had a different connection with you guys than say Doug did. Hey, or um, Andy, I would say this. Andy may have been a better play caller, a designer of plays. Okay, he may have been better at that. But when it came to doing things off your sleeve and, you know, from the gut, Doug Peterson and Dick Vermeil are more alike than what Doug Peterson and Andy Reid are. When I look at Doug Peterson, I think of Dick Vermeil. I don't think of Andy Reid. I think of a guy who looked at his team in the face, told him the truth, and embraced a community that loved it. By the way, nobody outside – and, and I'm going to say this to you guys. You guys may disagree or agree with me. How about this? I, I, I personally don't think people outside of Philadelphia show you guys the respect that you deserve. They think you're loudmouths. Funny. You know, it's, you know what I think? They think of how they look at you and they look at me. <laughs> Just a loudmouth with no passion or anything. Okay? Okay? I do. It's all good, man. I can't wait. Now, let me ask you this. Let's move it into tonight. Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni? In five years, who do you think will be the more successful coach? In five years. Who will be the more successful coach? Doug Peterson in Jacksonville or Nick Sirianni in Philly? Booza says Nick. Bob says Doug. They both have many things against them here, fighting against them. Doug has a quarterback, but man, that organization is terrible down there. Xander's exactly correct. I'm going to get to that. I want to hear more from you guys here, but Xander is outlining the problems that Doug faces. Okay? Overcoming an absolutely horrible situation like Vermeil did takes a special guy 
experiences, changing culture, believing in a guy's process. I do believe that Shea Khan wants a winner in Jacksonville. I, I believe that. Okay, I totally believe that. Make better fan base more money to invest. What? Fan base? Yes. More money to invest? Doug does have the more talented quarterback. He does. Doug will fix Jacksonville. Not sure, says Manster. Nick, because of the young roster and multiple first-round picks, Clifton, you have multiple first-round picks, but they're down in the 15s and 20s. The Jaguars have been picking in the top five. Those are higher-quality picks than what the Eagles have been picking. So there's a balance there. Sure, you may have more multiple picks at 15, 18, and 22, But the Jaguars have been picking one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay? Here's my take on it. I think Nick has a lot of roadblocks in his way. Can't pick his coaching staff. He's got a guy that's constantly in his way on Sundays. He doesn't have a quarterback. There's just a lot of voices in the room. There's not one definitive voice in the room that's a football guy in Philadelphia. You have librarians and bookworms running your team. In Jacksonville, and by the way, watch this. It's not Rosie there. You got that idiot Trent Balky. You've got a massive losing culture. By the way, you have one of the richest owners in Shaycon. Because he owns the Jags, he's still one of the richest guys in the National Football League as an owner. He's got dough. Look at what they tried to do with the upgrading of facilities, and look what they tried to do by hiring Urban Meyer and the money they gave him. There's issues there, and plus you're in a college town. Jacksonville's a college town. It's Gator and Bulldog country. Then Florida State. They'd rather go to a Florida State, um, a Gator game, than go to a Jaguar game. Even with Trevor Lawrence in the building. If I put Florida State Gator tickets, shit, Gator tickets, I mean, 10 out of 10 would take the Gator tickets over the Jag tickets. Pro football is kind of like, you know, it's a novelty. Doug's fighting that. Doug doesn't only have to change the culture and ideology inside the locker room, but he's got to change it in the community the same way Vermeil did in Philly. Remember something, when, when Vermeil came into Philadelphia and he took over the reins of the Eagles, the teams that were the dominant teams in the mid-70s and early 70s, it was the Flyers, it was the 76ers, they just acquired Dr. J., Okay, so it was those two teams, really. 
And then all of a sudden, too, the Phillies with Luzinski and Schmidt and them guys, too. And Steve Carlton. I think Carlton won 27 games one year, and it was one of the worst records in the history of baseball. But that guy still won 27 ball games. The Eagles were an afterthought, even though it is a football community. But the dominant teams, when Vermeil took over, were Sixers and Flyers. Vermeil changed that. Doug's got to do the same thing in Jacksonville. That's pretty tough when you've had a football team like the Florida Gators around for 100 years. And that community is all Florida Gator. Jacksonville is Gator country. Holy cow. If I were Doug Peterson, I would do everything in my power to do everything I could to try to embrace those Gator fans. And I would I would do everything. That Georgia-Florida game, I would be there front and center, and I'd be trying to sell tickets to people, trying to bring them in as Jag fans. Hey, I know you're a Gator fan, but we'd love to have you here also as a Jaguar fan. Michael says winning fixes everything. It sure does. Joe says the Eagles were pathetic in the 70s. I lived through it. Yeah, but then you had a coach come in and change everything. Change everything. I'm friends with Vince Papali, and he told me the story, man. I got a signed helmet from Vince. I showed you the signed helmet, right? I got a signed helmet from the guy. He sat down with me when I was in Philly. And I was broadcasting my show for Army Navy, and he told me the story. He goes, man, they hated this team. Nobody would show up. They had a section in the upper deck. He goes, and people would like just like be screaming at everybody. It was just a horrible environment. He goes, but it changed. I was not a winning change at all. It was like a, it was like a New York game or something that changed it all. This was, this was Vince telling me. That's why that city loves him. I say this to you. I think both these men have a tough chore ahead of them over the next five years. I really do, man. I I, I do. I think Nick, because here's the one thing, though. You got to understand, Doug's going to have a say in what the direction of his career is going to be. Nick doesn't. Howie's too much in control of Nick Sirianni. Would you guys agree to this when I say this to you? That Nick Sirianni doesn't have as much control of his destiny as what Doug does. Doug's got kind of a control of his destiny. You know, I mean, he's going to have a fundamental say in coaching hires, drafting, who plays on Sundays. He's not going to have to have those Monday meetings with the owner on why you won by three game, three points. Those are idiotic. I mean, Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman thinks that the NFC East is run by the BCS system. How come you won by three points? Shut up. I couldn't handle that. I'd walk in and I'd look at the guy and I'd go, we're five and two. And you're bitching to me about a 17-14 win? I'd look around the room and go, (laughs) these meetings are a waste of time. 
having to answer to people on how I won. <laughs> Big Sills, we got a lot of views. Why are you making good shows? <laughs> Culture. Let me tell you a little story here about Jacob Media here. People trying, trying to consistently do this. You know, for the last month, I can't tell you guys how many people have tried to put speed bumps in front of me. It's, 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 it's you have no idea behind the scenes. And I, by the way, nobody here. But you have no idea. The shit that I've gone through. Every day I look forward to coming here and speaking to you and talking to you and having a fun time talking about sports. It's culture. It's easy to do a show. Easy. You know why? You guys give me shit. Sometimes you don't. Most of the time you do. My boy Xander is constantly giving me shit, but it comes from a place of love. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that to another dude in Philly. I forgot. That doesn't work. <laughs> Doug is in a good spot down there with Urban. Urban perfect storm. It was a perfect storm for him taking over. Pick up your skirt, Sills. Thank you, Daz. Hey, another good reality check right to the chin there. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Turn off. The... <laughs> Xander, shut the hell up. I'm sick of you. <laughs> Sirianni is the Howie Whisperer, which is why it's working so far as a team building. Okay? Seals make smart football. This is where real football fans come to talk football. That's kind, Michael. Thank you. You know you're doing something right if you've got haters. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Will you explain that to my aunt? Please tell her that. She cries every day. I don't blame her. I could make anybody cry. That's Xander. <laughs> uh, Dan, get some eagle. Wait a minute. John, I got Eagle gear. Do you not see this? Okay, the the cup is Jerome Brown, the hat. I got I got gear. Don't you don't you call that gear? Big sales, the show still sucks. <laughs> oh my God. Big sales, the show still sucks. Sills is like the uncle I never had. I hope Clifton goes, I hope Jalen Hurts works out. You want to hear something, Clifton? By the way, bottom of the hour, I'm going to rank the Eagle games on your schedule. The games that I can't wait to see, okay? 
Let's see here. What was that? Let's see here. I hope Jalen Hurts works out. Clifton, I think people are under some crazy impression I want Jalen to fail. Why would I want that? That'd be horrible for my show. I'm a content machine. Jalen Hurts not working out doesn't help me. You know what? Here, let me, let me give you something that is so my wife, so you guys know. Congratulations, Dan. Everyone hates you. Your take was right, and you've been fired. <laughs> Nobody. Hey, you were right about Al Golden at Miami. You were right about LeBron leaving the Heat. You were right about the Buccaneers. You were, and you were fired at all those. Yeah. Congratulations to you. You were right. Now to work. Who wants that? <laughs> right? <sighs> okay. Who wants that? Hey, Dan, congratulations, man. Your takes were so right. Uh, you're fired. I'm doing eight shares, though. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Big Pickett goes, rock that boat. Hey, Pickett, I've rocked, I've rocked the boat so much, I'm seasick. <laughs> uh, I've rocked the boat so much, I'm seasick, man. Okay? I can't wait to see this game tonight, too. Jaguars and Raiders, we're going to hit on that a little bit as well. Yeah, and oh, and by the way, just so you know, it's not isolated just to you. If you go over to my Twitter page right now, every single San Francisco 49er fan hates me because I said this. Congratulations. Now, now wait a minute here. Tell me a few things. Who's who's the worst quarterback? Who's the worst quarterback that you guys have had? And don't say Carson Wentz because it's not true. In the last 20 years, who's the worst quarterback? Brandon, wait a minute, Brandon. I said that LeBron James will never finish his career under Pat Riley because Pat Riley had too many guardrails set up. The people in Miami when I was on WQAM hated me because I went, he'll never finish his career here. Never finish his career here. They didn't want to hear it. I was like, well, you get sorry about it, but he's not going to end up a heat for the rest of his career. Mark Sanchez, Kevin Cobb. Okay, so I said this today. Congratulations to 49er fans. You've turned a Super Bowl roster over to Giovanni Carmazzi. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And they are going nuts on me. Congratulations. You turned a, you've turned a Super Bowl roster over to Giovanni Carmazzi. <laughs> Some of you are going, who the F is Giovanni Carmazzi? Look him up, man. They drafted this guy in the first round, and I'm not sure the guy ever played. Hey, Gigi, right? <laughs> I said, you turned your roster over to Giovanni Carmazzi. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot Nate Sudfeld's on the bench there. That's the guy that Howie threw the game for. Yeah, I forgot that dude's there. So you've got Giovanni Carmazzi and Nate Sudfeld as your quarterbacks this year. Congratulations. You're going nowhere. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, yeah, you're just a hater. Oh, I had a guy call me a racist because I'm, I'm not a Trey Lance fan. I call him one play Trey. And I told the guy this, that doesn't scare me, that word anymore. That scares everyone else, but it doesn't scare me. So you can't use that word, so I don't care. <laughs> Giovanni Carmazzi. Boy, they had a cow over that one. <laughs> I was in San Francisco and I was talking sports at KNBR out there when this guy, they drafted this guy, Giovanni Carmazzi, in the first round I went. This guy will suck so bad that I, I, I would love to see if he gets on the field. I'm not sure he ever got on the field. <laughs> Timothy goes, hey, hey, hey. I mean, uh, Pickett goes, wait a minute, Sudfeld's gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in San Francisco with the rest of the wonderful quarterbacks that they don't have now. Since they let Jimmy G go, oh boy, you really got to love it, man. Giovanni Carmazzi. Oh, okay, Peeping. Then why are you here? If I'm all those things that you say I am, why are you here? Let me guess. For shits and giggles. (laughs) Uh, Isn't it funny, though? Look how wrong PP is. The two biggest broadcasters in America right now don't have radio shows. It shows you what you know, dog. That shows you what you know. Hey, all good. By the way, um, that'll be the last time. It's all good. We welcome you aboard, though. Appreciate you stepping in every day. Thank you. I'm going to take a look at, by the way, that'll be the last time I referenced that dude. The schedule, I want to hit on it. The games that I think are the most entertaining games coming up this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Then I'll take a look at tonight's game, Jaguars and Raiders. Please hit the like button. Don't forget also, though, my friends, my friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. Listen, they're not going to get paid unless you do. And this is a company that's been in business for over 30 years, collecting all kinds of money for their clients, over 30 
excuse me, over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients, for the people is not a slogan. This is who they are, what they are. I've known John Morgan for over 30 years. 800 attorneys strong in offices in Philadelphia and in New York and in Florida make them the biggest law firm in the country. There's no such thing as being intimidated or a small case. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. And when you call them, understand this. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. And when you call them, do me a favor. Tell them Big Seal sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to talk about what games I really want to look at this coming season here for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to do that real quick. And I don't want to go down the Deshaun Watson toilet bowl again. Because after listening back to my takes the last two days, I'm sick of it already. And with football starting tonight, I'm sick and tired of that kind of conversation. It's disgusting. It really is. It has nothing to do with the game. It really doesn't. It's it's like, it's just not what I'm interested in. You know, it's just not, okay? But there is some fundamentals here. Okay, there is some fundamentals here. This, this is exactly the kind of shit that I hate when it comes to the league. Um, you negotiate something with the Players Association, and then you renege on it. This is more about the NFLPA being the weakest union in all of professional sports. They have no backbone since Gene Upshaw passed away, unfortunately. D. Smith is a lapdog for the NFL owners. They have no backbone. And I'm a member. I'm a lifetime NFL Players Association member. Okay, they have no backbone. Zero. If the league wants you, they get you. Deshaun Watson, if this thing does go to courtroom, see, it's not going to go to a courtroom. It's going to go to Roger Goodell's courtroom. And he's guilty, no matter what. Anything that dents the shield, the NFL, you're going to pay for it. If you're Tim Tebow, or if you're Michael Sam, or if you're... Antonio Brown, if you're Colin Kaepernick, if you're Brian Flores and you dent the shield, you'll pay for it. Brian Flores will never coach as a head coach in the National Football League ever again. That stupid Rooney rule that they have, isn't it funny that he lands in Pittsburgh named after the owner of the Steelers? Is this that by com? Is, did that just happen by coincidence, that he lands in Pittsburgh and the Rooney rule, which was started by Art Rooney and Dan Rooney, he lands there as an assistant with Mike Tomlin. Is that by coincidence? Probably, I guess. You know it's not. NFL does everything in steps, and they think about it, how it's going to look. They use social media and Twitter, and they – they judge by the winds of social media, just like the politicians do. You know, 19% of the United States is on Twitter. But yet you would think Twitter, like um, Elon Musk says, most of those accounts are phonies anyway. Can you imagine being persuaded by phony people on Twitter? And that's how people get opinions in some situations when it comes to politics and in sports, how you're snow jobbed, you're lied to and you buy it. If politicians lie to you, social media lies to you more, but that's how the NFL judges. By the way, that's not what they care about behind the scenes. The league does what they want to do behind the scenes. And they tell you in public what you want to hear. Because you know why? They think you're stupid. And most of you buy into it. 
That's the business side of it. You could have ended this case with Deshaun Watson. You could have ended it. It would have been over. Hey, a couple slings and arrows there. Who cares? But instead, he's going to start against Carolina now. And you keep this narrative going. And you urinate on the process that you negotiated with the Players Association. You voided it. Why even at a hearing? Who cares what Sue Robinson says now? You were going to do anything you wanted to do anyway in the end. Typical NFL. <laughs> Honestly, man. Games I want to see this year. Guys, please hit the like button for me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Dude, robots on Twitter. I didn't realize how many fake accounts are on Twitter now. Seals, we live in a soundbite and banner crawl society. Quick hit, shallow information rules. Bob, and the most important thing, Bob, no accountability. You can destroy the Duke lacrosse kids' reputations and their families' reputations and no accountability for apology when you find out it was a complete lie. There's no accountability for that. No one ever apologized to those kids. You called them all racist. Everyone knows now that the story was completely made up by both the victim or the alleged victim and the district attorney. Nobody ever said anything about it. You closed the program down. You closed a program that was like one of the top two programs in the country down, and it was a lie. Nobody had accountability on it. You know, that case will always stick out for me as something that will always be one of the most damaging things I ever thought of when it came to media reputation. Nobody was ever held accountable for that scenario that turned out to be 157% a lie. I mean, nobody. You, you don't know who to trust when you're watching the news nowadays. That's why I, I, I watch C-SPAN. I'm not kidding. I do now. Because there's kind of both sides on it. Okay, let's take a look at this here. What game here? I'm going to go from 10 up. The 10 most exciting games that I'm looking at this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Let me get this here. I'm saying it. My 10th game is the Titans. No A.J. Brown. It's week 13, by the way. I can't wait to see how this team lines up against a imposing football team. And you got Derrick Henry that you've got to try to stop. And Jonathan Gannon is going to have to try to stop that guy. A.J. Brown was a non-factor on that team. All right, wait. A.J. Brown was a factor on that team, but not like he thinks he was. That team was run by the quarterback and the running back and being extremely good on defense and their head coaching and their general manager. It's one of the best-run organizations in all of football. That Titans team's a good football team. The general manager gets it, too. He don't get in the way of Mike Vrabel, who, by the way, is the reigning NFL coach of the year. I think I, he's one of my favorite coaches. I love Mike Vrabel. 
what an absolutely great coach he is. And I can't wait to see Derrick Henry versus the Philadelphia Eagle Jonathan Gannon defense. Let's line it up, baby, and play 60. I want to see that. By the way, yep, that's at the link, too. That's going to be some football game, dude. Seals, you think Henry can run through Davis? I do. He's run through everybody else in the NFL. Davis hasn't even played an NFL snap yet. Let's see it. If he can put him down on the ground. Dude, this is Derrick Henry. This is a guy who's a borderline Hall of Famer already with the statistics that he's put up. You're talking a Hall of Fame running back. I would would you not make hey, hey Xander, would you not make the argument that Derrick Henry is Nick Saban's best chance on making a Hall of Fame of any player he's had since he's been at Bama. Julio Jones, too, will make it. I think Julio Jones makes it, too, to the Hall of Fame, especially if they get a ring this year with Brady. I'm going to talk a little bit about Julio later on. Um, I can't wait to see this football game. Dude, Derrick Henry is some ball player, man. Dude, this is going to be – hey, this is going to be one of them lunch pail games. You know, you just you just sit there and you're like, well, hey, man, somebody, hey, you better be padded up that game because it's going to be big hitting. You got the number one rushing attack in the history, well, in last year's NFL in the Eagles, and you got the dude coming into your building. Woo. You better have an extra mouthpiece there, man. It's going to be some hitting in that game. Oh, well, we'll see. There'll be some hitting in that game. Number nine. I'm going to be interested, week 17, how this Saints team looks. Am I wrong to say that there's a lot of talent in New Orleans? And if Jameis Winston can just protect the ball, are we not giving enough credit to the Saints for being a good football team? I don't know Dennis Allen. He bombed with the Raiders. But is it me? But when I look at that Saints team in week 17, I'm like this, dude. Dude, they were 5-1 and one last year before he went down. Okay? They, they were 5-1. and one. And I was going like this. Man, I, dude, they're good defensively, even though the Eagles ran them over. They did run them over last year. I'm like this, man. I think this could be a hell of a football game here. <laughs> I think this could be a pretty good game. I didn't say you're going to lose. I said these are games I want to see. Seals, if the Eagles go undefeated. Come on, man. I'm not even going to answer that question. Worry about Detroit. Number eight, the Colts. Hey, can I say something to you? This is week. What is that Colts game? What if Nick Foles is a starting quarterback in week 11? What if Matt Ryan gets benched and Nick Foles is the starting quarterback at Lucas Oil? Oh, my God. Could you see Foles beating the Eagles? Hey, Bob, 
Pop goes that would totally suck. I know, man. No Sean Payton with that New Orleans. I, I think that's a thing. I do. Hey, man. Foles will do well. Dude, what a storyline that would be. That game would move up on my list here of must-see Eagle games this year. If Foles is the starter. Dude, Nick Foles is the starter against the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that he led to a Super Bowl. And he beats Howie. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. 28 to 28 passes. Hey, you know what, though? I do think Eagle fans would love that. I think you'd be rooting for him to have an opportunity at success. That doesn't mean that you'd be rooting for him to beat your team. But I think you'd be rooting for him to go like this. Good for you, Nick, man. Way to get an opportunity at starting again. Uptown goes, Foles is on the Colts? Yeah. God, can you imagine him with Frank Reich and all of a sudden they take it the whole distance and you got Jonathan. What, what, what's that kid's name? Jonathan Taylor, who had 1,810 yards last year. Michael Pittman receiver. He got a really good defense. And all of a sudden, Foles catches fire. They win it. What if Foles – hey, could you see Foles and Reich winning the AFC? the coach and the quarterback who were responsible for that Super Bowl in Philly, do it again in Indy. <laughs> oh man. Hey, I'm not, I'm not rooting against Matt Ryan, man, but in the way I am, <laughs> I'd love to see Nick get a chance. God, would that not be incredible to watch? And your starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Nick Foles. <laughs> hey, I think that'd be Eagle Guy Nightmare. That would be that would be must-watch television, though. Okay? That'd be that'd be must-watch television. Okay. I think the best offense games will come against the Jags, Colts, Washington, in in, in, in that order. Sills, you're killing me here, bro. <laughs> Let's move on then, okay? Number seven, the Lions game. Week one, I got them as number seven. Games I want to see the most this year on the Eagles schedule. I'm looking forward to that game. I want to see how they get out of the gate. I want to see how they prepare. I want to see how that football team is getting ready to rock, man. I mean, look, you know, all the things that I'm saying about their practice schedules and all the things that I'm saying about their practice habits, they may go in there and win 38 to 10. And everybody will come on the show on Monday and go like this. Hey, Sills, that shit you were talking about, 20 missed tackles, boom, in your ear. You could be right. Let's hope you're right. Because if Big Sills is right, take the over-under on 20 missed tackles, it could be a rough start. Number six, I'm looking forward to that Cardinal game in week five. Okay, I believe that's at Glendale, the home of the Super Bowl this year. I believe the Super Bowl's in Glendale. I think the Super Bowl's in Glendale this year. By the way, I'm meeting Hollis Thomas. I'm meeting Hollis Thomas and I'm meeting um I'm meeting Hollis Thomas and I'm meeting Seth Joyner for that game, too. So yeah, I'm I'm meeting them for that game. 
Yeah. So I can't wait to see that. I want to hey Zach Ertz and all that. I want to see what these guys are going to do this year to do. This is a good football team. The loss of Chandler Jones, and I don't think J.J. Watt has really anything left. I want to know what they're going to be like on defense. We shall see. Number five, week 12, Packers. How well do you think Aaron Rodgers plays against that revamp Eagle defense and Jonathan Gannon? So wait a minute, Aaron Rodgers versus Jonathan Gannon. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers versus Jonathan Gannon that even sounds funny that even sounds funny (laughs) Uh, hey is it in Philly oh it's at the link that's an advantage Gigi that is an advantage that is that's an advantage. Not a big one. Okay. We'll pick Coles like always does. Gannon isn't playing. Hey, Gannon isn't playing corner though. Okay, Eric. Whatever you do, you better play press. If you play that zone coverage like you did against those quarterbacks last year, you better pray for no injuries too. By the time week 12 comes around. You better have no injuries in them quarterback positions because you're not very deep there. And if you think you're going to start playing zone against Aaron Rodgers, that guy will go 30 at 30 for 400 yards on you. I don't give a shit who he's throwing to. (laughs) Dude, don't play zone against a guy like that. You got to move him around and you got to pressure that guy. If you don't pressure Aaron Rodgers and you let him sit back there, Dude, he's the best thrower of the football in NFL history. He's won 39 ball games. Don't give me any shit about the postseason either. This ain't a postseason game. This is a week 12 game. This is a week 12 game. There's no conversation about postseason here with Aaron Rodgers. And he does have a Super Bowl. I mean, don't talk to me about that. It's week 12. He's won 39 regular season ball games in three years under Matt LaFleur. You can say what all you want. Don't play zone against that guy. He will destroy you. Hurts. Hurts spin on the ball is better. Thanks, Bob. I heard. (laughs) How come Jalen throws the ball like a shot put? Hey, Jalen should play at Franklin Field. That's where they hold the pen relays. (laughs) I'm sorry I said that. Look, we're having a good show today. We're kidding around a little bit. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, you know, I mean, this guy throws the football like he's throwing a shot put. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Who won the shot put at the pen relays? Jalen Hurts. Really? Yeah, he's more accurate in the shot put ring than he is on a football field. I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, man. I know. I'm an asshole. (laughs) 
<laughs> Week four, the Vikings. Uh, it's week two, excuse me. Week two, it's Vikings. That's the fourth game I'm looking forward to seeing on the Eagles schedule this year. It's a Justin Jefferson Bowl. Every time Justin Jefferson catches a ball, he's going to go, Rager! Rager! And, and, and Howie Roseman's going to go, what's he saying? What's he saying? When he catches his third touchdown in the end zone, 10 catches, 183. He's going to go, Rager! <laughs> By the way, I didn't say 10 catches, 183, and three touchdowns. Xander did. <laughs> he could squat 600 pounds, though. Great. <laughs> Aunt Betty, how you doing? <laughs> uh, hey. Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, that hair and all that shit, you know. Here's Jalen throwing the ball. Throws a shot put at the pen relays. <laughs> it's all good, man. Hey, you get medals at the relay, too. It's a great event, by the way. I've gone to it, actually. Number three, game on the schedule this year that I want to see. On the Eagles schedule, that's week four. It's the Dougie P Bowl. Oh, yeah. Can you see Doug walking out there on the field? So Doug does this. Watch this. He comes running out, Lincoln Financial. He looks up at the Super Bowl trophy, and he looks up at the banner, and he goes like this. Then he looks over at the, um, the box that Howie and Jeffrey Laurie are in. He looks over, and he goes like this. Hey, can you see Doug just running out? He stops in the middle of the field. He looks at that Super Bowl banner, that NFC Championship banner. Then he turns to Jeffrey Lurie's box and Howie's box, and he goes, I gotcha. <laughs> the Dougie P. Bowl, week four. Man, are you going to cheer him or boo him? You're going to probably do this. You'll probably come out in the pregame, and you'll probably give him his kudos. Then after that, he's the enemy, right? I would throw the finger if I was Doug P. <laughs> Doug is cool. He'll get a standing O. Crowd will hey, you think the Hey, Pickin, you think the crowd will erupt when he runs onto the link floor? You think they will? Xander's going to – hey, Xander will. Xander's going to cheer him. Why wouldn't you? He did something no coach has done in six, since 1960. Why wouldn't you? Howie's going to hate that week. That's going to be how, how he's going to hate that week. Because you know how he thinks. How he thinks he wanted – even though he's never played a lick of football in his life. I don't think. He don't look it. I mean, you know – Football players usually have a size 10 foot. <laughs> I mean, most players, you know, you know, you go to your equipment manager and you go like this. Hey, can I have a size 10, you know, cleat? Usually the equipment manager on a pro football team would go, 
we don't have a size 10. Nobody wears a size 10 in the NFL. <laughs> Not even our kickers. <laughs> yeah, but I'm Howie Roseman. Well, sorry, dude. You're going to have to go to the Philadelphia Union for a size 10. <laughs> what, what do you mean, sports union? Yeah, those dudes wear size 10 and size 8s. Okay? People in the NFL wear size 10 and up. Nobody wears a 10. <laughs> Size 10. Great. I'll, I'll save my final two. That I want to see for the uh, Eagle schedule 2022. Don't forget Bill Romanowski in hour number three also. We're going to talk a little Nicobe Dean as we opened up the show. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Hour three, National Football Show, Big Bills. By the way, just confirmed the third most powerful man in the National Football League, the chairman of the NFL Competition Committee and president of the Atlanta Falcons. Rich McKay will be on with us at 3.30 tomorrow. Um, Rich's father, obviously, John McKay, the legendary USC coach and former Bucks coach. Um, Rich was also the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, built that team for Tony Dungy that would go on and win a Super Bowl with John Gruden. He was the general manager of that football team too, by the way, when they won the Super Bowl. Was the general manager and president of the Falcons when they lost to Brady, unfortunately, in that Super Bowl. So again, Rich McKay's name has been thrown around as the potential heir apparent to Roger Goodell as commissioner of the National Football League. And Rich and I have been friends for over 40 years. I've known him since I was in college. And so the president of the Falcons, um, Rich McKay, will be on with us tomorrow. A very powerful guy. Sets all the rules on what the game's going to look like each and every single year. That competition committee and the television committee are the two most important committees that the National Football League has. How the game is to be ruled and the rules of the game, Rich is the chairman of, and obviously the television committee, which Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft are on, that's where all the money comes from. Those are your two most powerful committees. And Rich is the chairman of the competition committee. So we'll have him on tomorrow. That'll be at 3.30. Guarantee you this, the president of the Falcons doesn't do very many interviews. So it's quite an intriguing thing to listen to him and I go back and forth because he will tell me to shut the hell up and I'm not answering that. <laughs> Rich and I have known each other for a long time, so I can't wait to get our friend on. Um, I think he's going to be the commissioner of the National Football League one day when Goodell steps down. The, the choices when Goodell got the job after Paul Tagliabue, it came down to Condoleezza Rice. It came down to Rich McKay. And, I, and it came down to Roger Goodell. Those were the three candidates for commissioner and they ended up landing on Roger Goodell. But Rich was in the, in the conversation. They were thinking about giving it to Condoleezza Rice, too, and having her as a potential uh, commissioner of the NFL. But they went with Goodell. But Rich was second, man. I mean, I think he could be the guy who was going to be the future commissioner. So pretty good to have this so far, right? I'm not saying anything, and I'm not pushing anything. The owner of the uh, – Cowboy Stephen Jones, a dear friend of mine, he's going to get the reins passed to him eventually one day. And my friend's probably going to be the commissioner of the league in the next six years or so. So we'll look forward to talking with him about numerous things in the league. He's also on the discipline committee. So can't wait to hear what he has to say tomorrow about all the things that are going on in the National Football League. G goes like this, man, you're really kissing up. Yeah, a guy like that, I do. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, right? A guy like that? Yeah, you know what? You're right. Hey, G, you got me, okay? You know what, though, G? The reason why I do like him a lot is because he drafted me too, man. I'll make the NFL taunt rule. We'll ask him about that, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tomorrow will be a newsworthy day because when Rich speaks, people listen. So we're looking forward to that. Absolutely. I hate the Ridley Watson comparison. One was legal. 
One was contractual. People need to stop crying. Um, both are bylaws, though, that they both broke. Okay? Edge, you know, they were both bylaws. One was a behavioral issue, and the other one was a gambling issue. But I don't get is, though, is the gambling? I thought gambling was legal. So are you telling me that Calvin Ridley was giving intel on the Atlanta Falcons to gamblers? Because other than that, if he's betting on the Falcons to win, who cares? I don't get it. If, if the Supreme Court ruled that it was legal, I don't know. I just, you know. Nathan Gosills knows where his bread is buttered. He ain't done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, we started the show off with N'Kobe Dean. And by the way, bottom of the hour, Bill Romanowski. And we're going to talk to Bill about what his rookie year was like. Here's a man that won four Super Bowls. Okay, four. Four Super Bowls. Two with the 49ers and two with the Broncos. Okay, what was his rookie year like? He had a lot of really great players. When he played in San Francisco, members of the quarterback was Joe Montana and the wide receiver was Jerry Rice and he had Ronnie Lott on the team. You're, you're, you're going to play some pretty good football when you got Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice and Joe Montana on the team. And he's a former Eagle. That's right. He played in Philly. That's right. That's right, man. So we look forward to that too. By the way, the um, Hall of Fame game is tonight. We're going to talk a little bit more about that game. Hey, what do you think Doug Doug's impact is going to be? Here, let me ask you this first. Let's 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 walk backwards a little bit here. By the way, please hit the like button. Let's walk back a little bit. Was it time for Doug Peterson to go in Philly? You tell me. You were there, I wasn't. Was it time for Doug to go? His final year, 4-11-1. I mean, was there some sabotaging? That's me on the outside looking in, saying a comment like that. I'm really, I haven't asked you guys this question. Do you think it was time for him to go? Doug Peterson, yes. Manster, no. A lot of people like the question, no way. As a coach, no. Yes, it was too much drama, Flex. Yes, it was definitely time. Yuri, no. Hell no, want him back. Edge, yes. Went suck too, no. When Doug Peterson buys tickets, he buys 31 for him and then two before, oh, Yes, team was falling apart at the seams. Doug should still be here. Boy, it seems to be that there's two sides to this. Huh. I thought it'd be more definitive. Yes, poisonous by then. Too bad. Xander, I'd like to hear your comment. Was it time for Peterson? Had, had, it, had it gone... In a, in a direction where there was no comeback from. Had, had it just been by everybody included and you had to just start over. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not asking that question. I'm asking, was it time 
to clean house. Maybe that's the better one. Was it, was it, was it just time to clean house and start over? Xander goes, I'm a Dougie guy. How about this? Let's expand on that because I'm going to talk about Doug and his new job here in a minute. You think they, you think the owner put his faith in the wrong guy? Did the wrong guy get shown the door? And it's between Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson. Was the wrong guy shown the door? Look at the job that Howie's done here. Hey, how he's done a nice job digging out of that four and 11 one hole. Bro, Sirianni is, you're, that's a, it's a different conversation, crazy. Sirianni's the guy. How do you know that? Because he had one year. Ray Rhodes was the NFL coach of the year in Philly. They blew him out three years later. Come on now. I'm a Frank Wright guy. Thought we won the bowl because of him, not Doug. I will always believe that. That's why I say, yes, time had to go. I don't know how you could say they won the Super Bowl just because of Reich. I think it was a good combo for both of them. There is a better GM out there. Is there a better GM out there? Sure. I think Howie's decent. I don't think he's any better than Mickey Loomis, John Robinson, and... Tennessee, I don't think he's better than DeCastro in Baltimore. I don't think he's better than those guys. I'm not saying that those guys are head and heels above him either, though. But to sit there and go, how he's one of the better gen- – okay, fair. But, he, I mean, I mean, right? How about Les Snead, what he's doing out in Los Angeles? Les Snead and Kevin Demoff as a team, that front office in Los Angeles with the Rams – Dude, they don't even believe in draft choices. They get rid of those draft choices, go after free agents, and they rock and roll with it. Sirianni's a paisan. Crazy. Now you reeled me in. Now you reeled me in. Okay? That's a great question, isn't it? It really is. Did they put their faith? Who's going to win this in the end? Howie or Doug? Doug is now the captain of his own ship here. Okay? Xander said something here. When you have a minute, Sills, go back and watch Hertz. Four games as a rookie under Doug. He threw the ball. With Xander's eyes better under Doug than what he's doing now. Hmm. You know, I asked you a question about who do you think is going to have more success, Sirianni or or Doug Peterson in five years. I probably should have asked you who's going to win this divorce. Because we have precedent in this conversation here. Follow me. Well, you, Brady won the divorce in New England. This guy goes down to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. 
that dude hasn't won a playoff game in three years. <laughs> and I love Belichick. Right? Five years from now, who's going to be in a better position, Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman? Boy, I like Doug. Thanks says Jalen did throw the better with throw the ball better with Doug. Now he shot puts the ball. <laughs> Here's Jalen Hurts dropping back. Like I said, he's at the Penn Relays at Franklin Field. Dougie P, Dougie P. What influence do you think he has this year? Let's move into tonight's game. Jaguars and um, Hall of Fame game tonight. Jaguars and Raiders. What are you expecting from Doug first year with Jacksonville? His impact on his impact on Trevor Lawrence. Hey, by the way, can I ask you guys one question here? What was Doug Peterson's impact on Carson Wentz? Tell me if this is a fair assessment. Boy, it seemed that it started out really hot and good. The kid could tell me if I'm wrong here when I say this. How I saw it, and again, I wasn't watching it straight on like you guys were. But didn't it seem like it was getting better and better and better and better? And weren't you feeling, weren't you feeling, am I right when I say this? Carson Wentz was getting better and better and better and better all the way up until 2018. From the first time he got in there, it was better. And right, wasn't he getting better? What derailed that? What was the one signature moment? And I don't believe it was the injury in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. That kind of, what stopped it? Was it really, it couldn't have been Foles picking up the reins and, and finishing it off and basically finishing off Wentz. I just I, I I I I find that unbelievable to think that a player of that magnitude, who was playing that well, all of a sudden, because Foles won the Super Bowl, that derailed the Wentz up the Wentz experiment. Did that really derail it? That injury in Los Angeles stopped the whole Wentz train. Because when you look at his progress, I went back and looked at his progress. That dude was getting better every year. And every time you watch Carson Wentz get on the field, if I'm in Philadelphia and I'm a fan in Philly and I'm in the stands and I'm watching this guy, I'm feeling better and better and better about my quarterback every year until he gets hurt in L.A. So to take what Nathan says, so the full show, Derailed that thing? Wentz also didn't like DeFilippo personally. DeFilippo would yell at Wentz in practice, and Carson would take it personal. Shit, you know what's crazy about that? 215? Who gives a shit? 
Bill Parcells hollered. I'm not Bill Parcells. Bill Belichick, he barked at Brady. You got to have a little tougher skin than that shit, as far as I'm concerned. Are you really telling me that really all of that stuff started derailing? How about this? Let me ask you this. Was it an uncomfortable scenario that after Wentz came back and Foles had won it and they put Wentz back in as the starter, that probably right there also was uncomfortable. You had just seen a guy do something that no one in Philly had ever seen before. The parade just happened. Everybody was excited. And then when the season started, guess what? The captain of that ship was told to take a second seat. That had to be uncomfortable for anybody. You, you, you imagine being an executive in a company, you get sick, and all of a sudden you're sick for six months. You come back and your company has the highest profit sharing and stockholders are exceptionally happy. And it's been a great six months. And you're all of a sudden, you're back and healthy again. And you take over the CEO job again. And the guy who had helped you has to take a second chair. That's uncomfortable even in a company. So to me, I, I, I think that was the beginning in Los Angeles. But I think them putting Wentz in the starting role after they had won it, how did Doug handle that? How did Doug handle that? Because to me, it's almost reversed a little bit. When Brady took over for Bledsoe, Brady got put back in after Bledsoe had come back in, won that playoff game against Pittsburgh, and Brady had done a marvelous job during the regular season in 01. But then Belichick put him back in. Now nah, we're going with Brady. Then they moved Butsoe in the offseason. See, what they should have did was they maybe should have moved Foles in that offseason instead of keeping him on the roster. That's a Howie thing. Am I right when I say this? Howie should never have kept Nick Foles on the roster after they won the Super Bowl. They should have given him an opportunity to go quarterback somewhere else. Instead, what you did was you brought the savior and the Super Bowl MVP back into the locker room. To me, that had to be a problem for Doug and for Wentz. You don't do that. Front office allowed that. It was going to create conflict. Look at how they handled Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And kind of look how they're handling it in San Francisco with Trey Lance and with Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at how, look at how they've kind of handled. I think it was a little bumpy in San Francisco. I think it was well done in Kansas City by Andy. I think that was well done by by Andy. And you got to remember something too. Alex Smith wasn't as accomplished as Jimmy G is. He's 38 and 16 and he's actually won an NFC championship and he's actually been to two of the three 
of the last three years, NFC title games. So there's five and two in the postseason. We're talking about a guy who wins ballgames. I don't care how you think he's got nothing to do with it. I've said this to you. Kyle Shanahan is seven and 28 without him. Whatever you want to put that into context. Well, knowing what we know now, we should have never paid Wentz and traded him. But at the time, yes, they should have traded Foles right after the Super Bowl, giving him enough. Hey, and, and not because he's a bad guy, but because he deserved an opportunity to be a starter. Instead, what you did was you divided the locker room. You knew you were going to divide the locker room. You knew it. It was a self-inflicted wound that the Eagles, by the way, I think the reason you ended up 4-11 and a couple of years after that is because of that move right there, putting Foles back on the roster the year after they won the Super Bowl. I know it would have been a lot of uproar in the city if all of a sudden, yeah, but you would have went like this. Good luck, Nick. You wouldn't have begrudged a guy if the guy got a $100 million contract. How he may have gotten even a first rounder after being a Super Bowl MVP, his, his value was probably higher then. Right? How do, how do you think the organization, right there is my opinion, how do you think Doug handled that? Doesn't seem very well. Right? It, just, it, it, it doesn't seem. Like, that was handled very well. It seems that it was handled very clumsily. Did we keep the wrong guy? Well, then you should have traded Wentz away. But Wentz was coming off an injury, so that may have been tougher to trade him. You shouldn't have kept them, both those guys in the building. You were creating a nightmare, and it happened, and the team unraveled. That's self-inflicted by Howie. You know, Howie's getting all this credit for building this team. Howie's getting all the credit for building the team that he destroyed. He destroyed that Super Bowl team. There were some clumsy moves. The Rager move. The Justin Jefferson not getting him. Um... The Alshon Jeffries, still 5.5 million bucks on the cap right now, dead money. I mean, right? All right. Very interesting. I can't wait to see this Hall of Fame game tonight. By the way, I'm going to say this to you here, man. man. Make no mistake about it, okay? When you're a rookie and you're learning a whole boatload of things, and you're trying to understand a new complex system, and you're trying to become an NFL football player. I tell this to people all the time. You know, I'm hearing a lot of people saying this about N'Kobe Dean. And I was listening to Barrett Brooks on Sports Take earlier. And just to reset a little bit of what we were talking about in the first hour, people were going like this. Hey, man, end of the day here, you know, N'Kobe's not looking all that hot. And I tried explaining it to people at the beginning. 
dude, when you come from the college game and you come from a system like Nicobe Dean came from at Georgia and you're sitting there and you're playing in a system like that, that you have excelled at. And all of a sudden you go to the NFL and you're trying to learn an NFL system. Look, fits. Everything that you do in the NFL is completely different than what you did when you were at your Georgia stop. It's not that he's bad. Nicobe Dean is not struggling as a football player. Nicobe Dean, in my opinion, he's more so struggling to pick up what is being asked of him. Like I said, but this is common. Okay, this is commonplace for people to try to figure this out here. Okay, it is. So when we're sitting here and we're talking about whether or not the kid's going to make an impact, I don't think you're going to see a lot of him early. I think they're going to gradually bring him along. And personally, I think you're going to see him have the opportunity, I think, to be a football player that's going to be an impact towards maybe the middle or the back end of the season. And we're going to try to catch up here with our friend Bill Romanowski here in a minute. Please hit the like button here. You know, Bill played on four Super Bowl championship teams. And when you have an impact on those type of teams, understand this. Think about what Bill did. Bill went from one system to another system to having to understand exactly what different coaches' fundamentals were, their philosophies were a little bit here. So when you're talking like that, you've got to understand, make no mistake about it here, man. Young players struggle all the time. They struggle all the time when you get a chance to go into a new system here. So I heard people saying that Nicobe was struggling. I want to bring my friend Bill Romanowski in for a couple questions on that. Hey, Bill, appreciate you doing this. Thank you, brother. You got it. Happy hey, to be Bill, here. Talk about, for me, what was the biggest struggle for you as a rookie linebacker coming into the NFL? I mean, people are talking about N'Kobe Dean struggling a little bit now, not so much with his play, but understanding what's being asked of him. What was your biggest struggle? Gotcha. You know, I, you have to realize when you get to the NFL, it's about attention to detail. I remember George Seifert, our defensive coordinator in San Francisco, just literally he'd tell me to take a drop. And this was our flip three defense. And I dropped, and he wanted me to drop to 13 to 14 yards. And he literally said, what is wrong with you, Romanowski? I told you 13 to 14 yards, and you're dropping out of Bill Romanowski here with us here. So, Bill, it's an attention to detail is what you're saying. Let's see if we're able to catch up with him here a little bit here. We'll see if we can connect here 
and get Bill Wood on, on us here because I think it's important to understand, guys. That's my that's my intention of why I wanted Bill on. You see what Bill was saying here a little bit? Bill was saying this here. Um, George Seifert is telling him it's not a 10-yard drop. See, you can get away with that stuff in college. You can get away with that kind of stuff in college. But you can't – Bill, right? You can get away with that in college. You cannot get away with that in NFL football. When you're going from – when a coach tells you it's a 10-yard drop or it's a 15-yard drop – 14, 17, that's not going to cut it in that league. It's not. And that's because of the different routes that they know will be run against that particular defense, and they want you at a certain depth. That was the big difference. In college, because you're, you're one of the best athletes out on the field, you can get away with things like that. At the professional level, everybody's strong, everybody's fast, and it's now how do you fit into the defense and you have to be a team player because every guy has got to fit together to make it run properly. Bill, um, also, when you're a young player like that and you're not practicing – you and I were in the era where you had two-a-days and you guys were banging on everybody here for two-a-days. Tomorrow the Eagles are off. Two days ago they were off. What's your take on how the NFL prepares for an upcoming season with all the lack of non-hitting? Yeah, well, I came in with the San Francisco 49ers and – Bill Walsh took us out of pad out of pads our first week. We never practiced two a days in pads. And in the afternoon, we had sometimes walkthroughs. And he would bring us up after practice, after we had a walkthrough, and he'd say, Men, guess what? You're gonna be that much stronger. You're going to be that much better. You're going to feel better and that much healthier when we go into the playoffs. He was already had our mindsets focused on reaching the playoffs and going to a Super Bowl versus just trying to survive. And that was it. So we were just like the way they are now. How do you think I was able to play? 16 years it's because i lived in that type of a system bill let, let me say is that the only is that the only place bill that that existed that kind of mentality and remember something too bill you did have joe montana i mean it's one thing yep. to sit there and go through helmets and shorts it's another thing when you got jalen hurts as your quarterback on your team you had joe montana there's yep. a difference there with that yeah but you know what we, we were fresher than everybody else. We couldn't wait on Sunday to actually hit somebody. And huh. I never I never had pads on during the week for 16 weeks going into the playoffs. Heck, I only wore pads on Sunday. And 
how I got used to the, the way my career went. And Mike Shanahan, when I was in Denver, it was the same way. A little different in Philadelphia. But you want to know what what Bill used to say about not being in pads? He said, man, you're going to practice faster. You're going to feel better. You're going to be more explosive. And come Sunday, you're going to be that much fresher because the New York Giants are knocking the crap out of people. The Chicago Bears are beating each other up every week and so on and so on. So everybody was pretty jealous of the way we used to practice. Bill, I hate you, man. <laughs> hey, Bill. <laughs> hey, you know, I tell Randy, I tell Randy Cross this all the time, man. You guys won all the time. You guys didn't, you guys didn't, you guys practiced hard, but you didn't practice full gear. St- I mean, wow, what a system you guys had in San Francisco. Let me ask you about some of your teams here. Your take on Trey Lance, do you think the 49ers made the right choice to move off of Jimmy G? Well, you know, how I feel that you can be better than Jimmy Garoppolo because you have to admit, Jimmy Garoppolo has had a hell of a run and you look at his statistics and his winning percentage, he wins 70% of the games he plays in. I mean, he's had a great run. Trey Lance, we haven't heard very much about him other than a little bit of the games he played last year. But I just have this feeling that the 49ers are holding back and you're going to see him just take off in that that system his new coach is brian greasy um kyle shanahan is gonna put him in a position to be great and i think it's gonna get pretty exciting nathaniel hackett going to denver and russell wilson being in denver what how do you look at what they're gonna do in denver this year well, they have two great receivers. They've got a good defense. Their struggle was quarterback, you know? Um, and you put Russell Wilson at quarterback. I don't care who you are. I don't care what team other than, you know, five other quarterbacks in the National Football League. He's going to make every other team better other than the five you know, great quarterbacks that are out there. So the Denver Broncos are going to be damn good. But the problem, you know, they have is they got to go against the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers, which arguably, you know, the AFC West is arguably the best division in football. Oh, I, I, Bill, I think any of those teams can win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's one of the most loaded divisions I agree. that I've ever seen. And, Bill, tonight we get to see Josh McDaniel again. And Josh, Josh McDaniel was in Denver. Didn't go very well from him. Usually, like with Mike Shanahan, second time around, I think coaches have an understanding of what not to do. Um, you think this yeah. is going to be 
um, an interesting experiment here with McDaniel and Carr and now getting Devontae Adams with the Raiders. How do you how do you look at the Raiders as they move forward here with Josh McDaniel? You know what, to me, it's about players. You you've got to have five players that are borderline Hall of Fame slash Pro Bowl. And they've got five guys and they are that good they've got three really good players on offense they've got a tight end arguably one of the best receivers in football now and they've got a damn good quarterback and now we're going to see if coaching is the difference with Derek Carr and I'm excited to see that. Defensively, there's still some wild cards there, but they've got depth. They've got me up front. They've got guys that can run. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels, you know, took over a Denver Bronco team uh, that, you know, is basically run by Tim Tebow. And that probably was his downfall was, you know, uh, putting in Tim Tebow, but then Tim Tebow brought him to the playoffs. And I was like, you know, but there was a part of me when I saw Josh McDaniels the first time go around, I felt like he was trying to imitate, uh, imitate his head coach that he coached for for a number of years. And there was a part of me that said, you know what? I don't want you to be a mini Bill Belichick. I want you to be Josh McDaniels and go out there, be your own man and do your own thing. And, you know, he would show up on the sidelines when he was at Denver with the cutoff sweatshirt, you know, sleeves and things like that. And I was like, this is a recipe for a disaster, but I'm with you. The, the go round this time, is going to be wildly successful, and the Raiders are going to be in the hunt. Absolutely. Bill, Nutrition 52, man, how's it going? Uh, you know what? We're killing it. Um, COVID has been very good to us, and here's why. We're changing people's lives with Lean One. Lean One is helping people lose weight, get stronger, lose weight, and feel better and great combination. So we have our lean one fat burning meal replacement. We have our lean one sleep and our lean one brain focus. And to me, it's a great position to be in, to be able to change people's lives and that people can go to lean one.com. Fantastic. Hey, Bill, thank you so much for doing this brother. Should be interesting tonight. Raiders and Jags tonight. We get a first look. And Josh McDaniel and football is back. Thank you, Bill. Can't wait. Take care. Can't wait. All right, guys. Very interesting stuff to say the least there, man. So the 49ers, they didn't practice at all in pads. I want to hit on that. And also he talked a little bit about what rookies go through and what N'Kobe Dean is going through. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. back national football show please hit the like button thank you so much guys for coming aboard boy guy won four super bowls i thought he was going to go the other way when it came to practice time bill said and by the way i kind of knew how the 49ers practiced but think about it they were never in shoulder pads according to bill romanowski and then when mike Shanahan, who was an assistant coach under Bill Walsh in San Francisco, he gets the Raider job first. That was a bomb. Then he gets the Denver job. He goes there. Romanowski goes to Denver, and it's basically the same formula. Yeah, but again, see, the difference with that is you had an experienced football team. And look at the quarterbacks that were on those teams that Bill Romanowski had. Bill Romanowski had the fortune of playing with Montana and Elway. Okay? He had the fortune of having an experienced guy. Look, when I when I have Joe Montana and I have John Elway, I feel pretty comfortable going through helmets and shorts with my offense. Don't you? I don't want to get those guys hurt. Those guys are premier passers. 
And by the way, we're not talking about just a really good quarterback here. We're talking about all-time greats. All-time greats. Talking about Elway, Montana. Hey, man. I'd like to have that as my quarterbacks going into a regular season. Right? 49ers lost three DLs already this camp. It's going to be a tough start for the 49ers. I said the 49ers are going to win seven ball games this year. I think that, I think they win seven ball games. Even with the issues that they're going to have with injuries and such. Most definitely because of the quarterback. Joey Boza and Khalil Mack are edges. But they play in Los Angeles with the Chargers. <clears throat> Nick Boza is up in San Francisco. Malata, Goddard, Smith, Bradbury, Slay, Johnson, Kelsey, all fine ball players. Man, I find that to be a little bit, I thought that was really interesting. I don't know what Bill said when it came to how they practiced. Yeah, Debo got his cash. Now, the question will be, does he have his quarterback? But also, did you hear what he said about the one thing that N'Kobe Dean is going to have to do? This is exactly what we were kind of hitting on when we opened the program today. Romanowski's like, Seifert screaming at me going, I told you it was a 14-step drop. Get the 14 freaking steps. In college, the Kobe Dean can get away with that because he's one of the better players on the field. In the NFL, he can't get away with that. And I'm promising you, that's one of the struggles that NFL guys have when you come from the college ranks, especially a premier team like a Georgia, an Alabama, an LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, those kind of programs. And you get in the NFL, you don't have to be precise in your drops, your head technique, your hand placement, because you're the best player on the field. But when you get into a game and you got to take on Anthony Munoz or you got to take on Mike Munchak, and if you're not properly set up in technique, they're going to run you the F over. I've never seen anything like that. Look, there was never a game where I wasn't the strongest guy in the building. I never played a game where somebody was stronger than me. Nobody was ever stronger than me. Okay? And for that matter, maybe not even quicker than me. But there were guys in the game. These guys were technically sound, man. There was this guy by the name of Don Mosbar that played for the Raiders. He was a center. And he was 6'5", and he had the longest arms. I could not. He was like a spider. And he got out there on you with them long arms. He was athletic. He could move. I think the thing that you're shocked about when you come into the NFL like the Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis are going to go through now, what you're shocked is how big and athletic these guys, like Bruce Matthews, for me, when Bruce Matthews came off the ball, you were stunned how good he was. Wow. These guys bend you over and spank you over their knee, man. If you not, if you're playing high, they're gonna knock you over. Okay, Randy Cross, please. Dermonte Dawson was a tremendous football player. 
He was fantastic. The center for the um, Steelers, he was a great ball player. I just can't believe when I'm listening to Bill say that the 49ers, I mean, they 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 didn't have very much hitting. I, I got a, I had a chance to go there and play. You know what? The Cowboys gave me $35,000 for a signing bonus when I when I signed to go to um, like in 88. I think they gave me like 35000 bucks or something like that to sign and go to um, Dallas. The 49ers, man, they didn't want to give me anything. They wanted to give me like 15 grand or some shit like that. Kevin Fagan's going like this, bro. You'll make the team. You come here. You'll make the team. I'm promising you, you'll make the team. And I'm going like, I kicked myself that. It was another move. I should have went to San Francisco. I didn't play against John Hanna, but I did play against Mike Munchak. I played against Ray Donaldson. Uh, Stepnowski wasn't very good at the time. I killed him every day. Um, Bruce Matthews was sensational of a player. Nate Newton was great. Nate, that Nate was great. The Bears had a great old line. I played against Loudermilk, and I played against Tom Thayer in Chicago. Tom was a good football player. I wouldn't call him spectacular, but Nate was great. What made Nate so good, he was left-handed, and he'd punch you up with the left hand, and you were like, damn, it's a little bit different. You know what's funny, man? The Eagles back in the day, they didn't have any good linemen. I would they had Ron Heller. Ron was a pretty good offensive tackle that he had playing for him with Randall. He was pretty good then. Chris says, Hertz isn't just working on throwing the ball. He's also working on ball placement, exactly why he wasn't throwing and running full speed. Chris. That guy needs all the major reps he can possibly get. Okay? He needs all the reps he can get. He's not a good passer. Sills hates Fields and Hurts. I don't hate Hurts. I don't like Fields when it comes. And by the way, I don't know these guys from a can of paint. It's got nothing to do with them personally. Okay? I I, I don't like that. I, I don't think Justin Fields has anything to offer the Bears. It did, this guy may turn out to be Michael Vick this year. I, you know what? Hey, Manster, Dave Remington and I are great friends, and I don't want to show any disrespect. I think Dave was a hell of a player, so I'm going to leave it there. I like Dave. Dave, um, really one of the greatest offensive linemen in the history of college football. New age mentality? Sydney, you're right. I'm still – hey, Sydney, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here today to me. It's more of a Dan thing than an Eagle thing. So bear with me as I go through this soft-ass approach and how you get ready for a season. I'm thinking more now it's a Dan thing, okay? It's a Dan thing, okay? It is. It's a Dan thing. I, I, I think in a physical football game, and you play physical football, in my opinion, how can you how can you play a physical game when you're not practicing being physical? But Bill Romanowski showed now again when you have Jerry Rice and Ronnie Lott and Joe Montana on the field, it's a little different when we're talking about Jalen Hurts and Darius Slay. Those guys aren't in those leagues. You're talking about all-time great players. The 49ers had those 
unbelievable players. Those guys were all-time greats. Okay? All-time greats. Just legendary. Absolutely, man. Hey, I want to tell you guys, tomorrow, we are going to have the president of the Atlanta Falcons and the chairman of the NFL Competition Committee, Rich McKay, on tomorrow. That'll be 3.30 Eastern time, and I'm so looking forward to it. Any questions you have about the new rule changes or anything when it comes to Deshaun Watson, anything, Rich is in control of it. He is the chairman of that stuff, and we so look looking forward to having him again as part of our show tomorrow. I don't think we've had Rich McKay on, so – That'll be tomorrow at 3.30. We really appreciate it. Listen, I want to thank you guys for coming aboard. Thank you very much. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button if you missed any of the show. Please show it. Please share it. We appreciate it. Xander, great stuff as always. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.